Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason. And we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. That's bad. 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 That's bad. 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 Welcome, folks, to a brand new episode of bad adaptations. Bad adaptations. Yeah, I'm one of your sneezy hosts. I'm David Bell. I'm less sneezy. I'm less sneezy right now. I was sneezy earlier, but I- I'm an. Oh. I'm your other occasionally sneezy host, Tom Ryman. Mmm. Good. Yeah, That's good. I was moving a lot of this boxes, all good. Dave. So you know. Oh, that'll make you sneezy. That'll make, that'll make you make real you a sneezy. Yeah, it'll make you it turn you into a sneezer. Yeah, I. uh just have allergies folks so don't worry nobody worry you know about me in case you were worried don't yep uh and a big shout out to our producer grumblebee grumblebee is the one who made this podcast happen and if you don't know it's been a minute bad adaptations has been a podcast series where we uh look at movies that are adaptations Mm -hmm. of other things Movies that are seen, at least, as bad adaptations. Yes. We don't always agree with that. No. Uh, but that is the that is the starting point. Movies that are traditionally seen as adaptations that are bad or bad adaptations. Yeah. See, uh, we, 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 we mash the words together and cut out like a letter or two just to save you time, just to save everyone time. It's, it's wordplay. It is. It's yeah. also efficiency, Dave. It no yeah it's it, yes. we we say it's that so it, save, it saves us time so we have more time to be cool, right? But it only saves us time if we don't explain it like we just did. What are you talking about? Well, now they understand. Uh, now they understand, Dave. That's true. They, they wouldn't understand it. No, no, right. they, need, right. they needed to know how much time we're saving them. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and oh my goodness, you probably saw from the title of the uh, this episode that we are covering 2005's Eon Flux. Woo! Uh, an adaptation Woo! of a cartoon series that was on MTV. This is uh, starring Charlize Theron and others. Yeah, and, Johnny uh, Lee Miller. Yes. Ma- Martin uh, Sokus, I think is his name. Yes, yes. Um, uh, uh, Pete Postlethwaite. Fucking, yep, Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand is in there. Frances McDormand yep. did not leave a room. She was stayed in. Yeah. It was a real Ben Kingsley in Blood Rain. Right. Yeah. In. As yeah, she she didn't leave the room, nor should she have. No. Yeah. Neither did uh, Petey there, but they put a bunch of shit on him. Yeah. They they put uh, up. They, they, this movie is trying to be the Matrix and Dune simultaneously. Yes. Uh, and we have sections, and I'm just going to call these sections out before we get started. Do it. We're going to talk about what would make a good adaptation of Eon Flux. We're going to start from the basics, uh, and then we're going to talk about what this movie got wrong. Yes. And then we're going to talk about, is the does the movie just hold up? Mm-hmm. What does it get right? Um, <laughs> and Tom. Yeah. What is your uh, history with the source material, Eon Flux? Very, very little. I the only thing mm-hmm. I know I caught a couple of the shorts when it used to play on this show called Liquid Television in the early nineties. For you you youngsters who don't know, MTV had this late night animation block of programs. I, I think it was a half hour where they would just play two or three shorts from that were really experimental. It's also how Beavis and Butthead got started. They were a Liquid Television yep. short, um, and there there's been a f- few other notable ones that I can't think of at the moment, but like the biggest ones in my memory were Beavis and Butthead and Eon Flux. Uh, but Eon yep. Flux was so weird and felt so adult uh, in its in its content and animation style. It, so it's just like it was a big turnoff for like nine year old me. I just didn't. I never got into it, and I didn't appreciate <laughs> how kind of weird 
it was like if I had found it as a teenager, I probably would have been more into it. Um, but as a little kid, I just wanted to see like Beavis and Butthead. Right. It just so happens, Tom, that I found this as a teenager. Okay. Uh, I have watched all of Eon Flux at least mm, probably in the double digits at this point. Okay. Over 10 times. I have watched this series. It really is only one season. There are technically three seasons. Season one consists of a pilot, and season two are the five-minute liquid television segments. And then season three is when it actually became like a TV show. Yeah. With like 22-minute episodes or such. Uh, the uh, Yeah, I first saw this um, on a liquid television VHS tape that I got uh, in a, I rented as a teen and got, you know, high and watch. Yeah, that's what you're supposed and to I do. Glom- yeah, and I glommed onto the Eon Flux shorts. For people who are curious, uh, who haven't seen it, the Eon Flux shorts, the liquid television shorts, are a series of um, very bizarre, often surreal plots that always end, every single episode ends with Eon dying. I believe. not. Maybe not every episode. I think there's um, a few exceptions, but yeah. Yeah. And they're all very surreal. They're a little Lynchian, I would say. They they have very much so. A, yeah, it was uh, created by Peter Chung, who you might know as the person who also created Rugrats. So when you watch Rugrats, you'll notice the animation style is actually oddly similar to Eon Flux. Um, it is a very weird show. And then once they got into the actual. 22 minute episodes um well things got even weirder and tom i guess i'll explain some of this to you because the the roles are reversed this time usually you know the source material more than me Mm -hmm. and this time i i I know it i know you've got it cold man i don't know shit about this universe yeah um it is so i i think we're in the what makes a good adaptation of this for starters uh because i it part of Knowing I'll, I'll, that I'll is have, explaining it. I'll have some input on that, just from what I remember yeah. of the show and its general vibe and style and feel. But you're going to have the meat of this section, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. So I'm going to just say the kind of premises they have, and then you can probably guess what makes a good adaptation. We should, we um, should explain sh- what it is, right? Young Flux. Yeah, I think you're about to, right? Yeah, I mean, so the the animated series, again, so the first couple seasons are a series of shorts, and they're not very coherent, but you can tell that there's two warring factions. Um, and it's Eon like, Flux belongs and to it's, the Monikins. And it's like in a post-apocalyptic wasteland sort of thing. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's described as a German expressionist vibe. Um, that's not at all what uh, I got from this it. style. <laughs> that's that's the Wikipedia explanation. It's a surreal German expression expressness expressionist style futuristic universe. What that basically means is it, it was a lot of brutalist architecture, a lot of very spindly spider like technology, um, kind of anime ish. I got way uh, more of an anime vibe off of it. Like it reminded me of stuff like um um. Oh dang! Now I can't think of what I was thinking of, um, but yeah, it 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 it, re- it reminded me at the time of things of like um, uh, Trigun or like Potlabor, um, more Trigun, right? Um, in the in the look, uh, to be clear, not in the content, right? So, in in the show, uh, as we get into the actual episodes, basically two cities separated by a wall, and they're and they're uh, you know they're fighting each other, and the Monikins which is Eon Flux's group, they're more of anarchists. They're, uh, it's right there in the name, Flux. It's, uh, you know, nothing is set. Capacitor. Then we have Trevor... What's that? Capacitor. Exactly. Time travel. <laughs> exactly. She is a time machine. No. I mean, there is time travel on the show. Trevor Goodchild is a dictator of his, of his city. I actually forget what the city is called. Um, and uh, he's very fashy very orwellian it's a police state and so we have these two warring factions that cross each other's borders and are often trying to sabotage each other on the show uh on top of that eon flux and trevor are extremely attracted to each other despite being enemies uh and they are they 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 have uh 
I would say uh, an emotional attraction as well, but it, it sort of comes and goes. It's like a fleeting fascination that fluctuates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you throughout. might say. Yes. And so they often kind of betray their own causes for each other and then betray each other, and it goes back and forth. Um, that said, uh, those are the main threads. Most of the episodes almost are standalone, like Twilight Zone episodes in a way. Uh, they, they deal with some like really weird sci-fi shit. For example, there is an episode where Eon Flux learns that Trevor Goodchild is cloning her. Uh, and he's making like creepy sex slaves of her clones. Mm. Uh, and so she infiltrates him. And she, well, so he, she learns he's cloning people and she purposefully mi- like lets him clone her, basically. And then she swaps with one of her clones in order to destroy Trevor Goodchild and then just ends up in like a relationship with him. And then her clone, which is on the outside, realizes that the real Eon Flux has changed and ends up murdering her. And this is like episode three. So for the rest of the show, Eon isn't even herself. She's a clone of herself. It's shit like that. There's an um, episode where there are these robots called the Custodians that dig into your belly button that Trevor has created that makes you morally good. Hmm. Uh, there's an episode that takes place in almost like a Borg cube in this liquid that if you go into the liquid, it paralyzes you. But while you're paralyzed, you can you can experience everything as you're paralyzed, like you're awake. Hmm. And that episode ends with uh, basically uh, this cube being destroyed and everybody, including Eon Flux, getting paralyzed. Uh, and there's this weird key that if you turn it, it'll turn the liquid like back into regular water. Uh, and the last thing she sees is the key drifting by and almost hitting the, the device that would do that and then not, and then drifting away. And so she's just paralyzed for eternity. And then the next episode, she's not. And so that's what I mean is like narratively, it's very surreal and the episodes don't necessarily run into each other. The spoilers, uh, the final episode, which again, it's, it's, it's not a running plot. So it's, it's, uh, you know, nothing is, uh, again, nothing is a set narrative. It's not serious. In the ending episode, they deal with aliens that they learn are just us from like thousands of years in the future. And it ends with Eon and Trevor both blasting into the future and living in this weird alien civilization. Like, it's very surreal, very weird, and again, very Twilight Zone There's a time loop episode, uh, there's godlike creatures, there's an episode where Trevor gets obsessed with like a winged uh, creature that he's kidnapped and kept away from its mate. Uh, it's it's really fucking weird shit. Gotcha. Um, yes. Uh, and so that is all to say to what makes a good adaptation of this is honestly you hand it to someone like David Cronenberg because uh, it, it deals with some body horror tech. Uh, it's very surreal. You would do, if this is 2005, you'd maybe do like a Sin City type thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's the best idea, but we're dealing with 2005 here. I think this move, I think, okay, so my contribution to what would make a good adaptation of Eon Flux is it needs to be, like you said, directed by like a Cronenberg or a Lynch. It needs to be really weird and it needs yes. to be really bold in how weird it is and how like it really does because that's what sticks in your mind about eon flux is how striking and kind of grotesque really the art style is and not just like the body horror stuff just the standard like character models for eon and trevor are like they're like disproportionate like they don't they don't really they're all kind of spider like yeah they don't really look quite human and like from what I what I remembered of uh, my memories of of the episodes, pretty much squares with how you described them, and it's they felt disconnected and just weird and sort of like all kind of like short stories or like Elseworld tales uh, of the same universe. So right, that, yeah, yeah. So I I feel like just uh, an Eon Flux movie needs to be really really boldly weird and unlike any yeah, any it, anything it, that's like current sci-fi it's kind of like a little old school sci-fi in a, in a way yes it is it kind of is it's like a, a little retro futurism um uh but like it is definitely like 
bolder like where, again this movie came out in 2005 which is not 2006 a, 2006 which is it's not I, a, which i would argue is worse worse year for film right yeah yeah and that's the problem is like for sci-fi especially this is a safe very sanitary time uh, where it's like the worst time to a- adapt something like this. But the not just speak on the non sequitur of all. For example, like in one of the first shorts, there's a part where like she's killing all these people who are infected with a weird virus. So like she kills a man, and then he's lying there in like a pool of blood, and he's staring, and she throws a grenade. There's like she's not even paying attention to him. He's just dying. And you see his perspective and he's imagining it all like an old timey cartoon. And the last thing he sees is this fish and the fish is clearly the grenade and it starts inflating and lighting up. And it's shit like that where it's like, there's no need to do that. That doesn't help with the plot or like in the custodian episode, it starts on a train and the train cars are like weird art pieces. Like she gets into one where there's just no floor and it's just someone on a swing in the train car and that's the car like it's shit like that and they don't really explain it uh and so there's just a lot of like they'll do stuff where she's walking and she'll go by a window and something in that window that's happening is really fucking weird uh and so the world itself just feels off constantly Uh, it's it's a hell of a thing to try to adapt yeah and like you said you have to be bold uh you have to be really really bold to correctly adapt and I, Eon Flux. And I might almost say the better bet at making an, an adaptation of Eon Flux would be to make a movie that is sort of kind of Pulp Fiction-y in that it has uh, clearly demarcated vignettes um, yeah. and that they're not necessarily told in order. Um, right. and, and, and even like you could have Eon Flux die three different times and they come up with a way to explain it. Or, I mean, and it sounds like they did in the show as well where you just need to say, oh, well, they're cloning eons. That's why this keeps happening. Interestingly enough, they never really talk about that. In There's a, a cloning episode, but it's not why she's resurrecting, uh, for the record. It's really, it's, they don't actually explain that. One of the, the closest they get is one of the episodes ends with her dying. Uh, and then it, all right, so let's see if I can remember this. It ends with her dying. Trevor uh, continuing to rule. And in the final part, it shows a boy at a general store and he's buying a porn magazine, Hell yeah. a foot fetish magazine. Hell yeah, and yes. it has Eon Flux on the cover. And then we see a weird afterlife where a spirit emerges from the water and starts licking her toes. And it seems to show some sort of renewal, but that's it. Uh, and that's as far as they explain uh, her resurrections. I do think for a movie version, they could have said she's a clone. The monikins just keep cloning her. And then I think it would be really cool if throughout the movie, she just kept dying over like we by the end of the movie, we're on our like 16th Eon Flux. That's I what think I that was been cool. That's what I was expecting sitting down to watch this movie because uh, that's the like the, the only thing I remember really about the content or like the storylines of the episodes that I saw is that she always died. Right. In the, yeah. And that's, what's interesting is in the later seasons, that isn't the case. She doesn't always die, but in the shorts she did. And I think you're, I think you're joined by a lot of people who are probably like, all I remember is that she keeps dying. And you'd think that would be then the main thing they put in this. They do put a version in, but that they do. It would have been so cool if she just kept dying. And she also dies in really inconsequential or anticlimactic ways, if you remember. Like she'd trip all- or she'd step on a tack and fall off a building. Yeah. Like it was always like really dumb things. Yeah, I remember it being stupid, which yeah. which um, really, now that you're, yeah, and it's coming back to me now that you're mentioning it. Um, and I guess I didn't quite appreciate it. Like I, I thought it was interesting as a kid, but I didn't quite appreciate the show for how weird it was and like what it was, the, the sort of statement it's making by throwing Eon, its its hero away like that, you know, yeah. at the end of this. Um, uh, There's one, one of the shorts is her just falling because she falls out of an airplane. I remember the that entire one. short is her falling. I remember that one, and yeah. It, ends with her just dying yeah because there's nothing she can do and there's something there's it's not necessarily funny but there's something i don't know it is kind of funny you know, it's a, it's kind of funny it's, it's like the bullet tooth tony thing or like uh, yeah and i yeah 
I do I do want to note that um, Eon Flux the show. Uh, you might not remember this, but having watched it a bunch of times, it's actually funny. It's a funny show. Uh, it's also tremendously horny. Those are the two things I rem- about it. I remember it being like staggeringly, suffocatingly horny, which is part yes. of what kind of turned. I was too young for it, so it just right. it just kind of made me uncomfortable to watch. Yes. Oh, well, it's uncomfortable even as an yeah, adult yeah. because it's so, weird, but, disgustingly but yeah. horny. Imagine being eight or nine <laughs> watching yeah. it. And specifically, Eon Flux is horny, uh, and so is Trevor. And that's why I was saying, like, it's not quite romantic what they have. Like, they're kind of just horny, and they they don't like. Like, I think in one of the first shorts, she's like watching Trevor make out with a, a woman uh, yeah, I, while like in her like holding her gun and hiding, and she just like casually licks her gun. Uh, it's weird shit. Yeah, I remember them being like lizards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're horny lizards. And then Eon is somewhat, she's pretty sarcastic. There's also parts where it's just silly. Like the one I was talking about where Trevor's courting the winged creature. He like wears little wings to try to impress him and is like prancing in front of the mirror and stuff. Hell yeah, he is. Yeah, there are parts where they're just doing comedy. Um, uh, And then there's times where they're doing like really weird, dramatic shit. There's a memory erase one that's really fucked up. There's there's a lot there's a lot and and again it's all kind of uh, every single episode is weirdly different uh, and so I guess I think this is enough to set up the question of what did this movie get wrong or right as it were yeah but, I was gonna say but that. mostly uh, but mostly wrong yeah I'm gonna start with what it got wrong one uh, the music it just got wrong it it, it sounds like a two thousand fucking mid 2000s movie well, sci-fi movie yeah it's it's doing everything it's 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 that house music phase it was we're this movie felt dated in 2006 because this yes. is a movie that is clearly riding the matrix wave it's just yes it's just a matrix knockoff um yes but it is almost a decade too late to be a, a matrix knockoff right because like yes. the, the matrix came out in 99 and the the it, this the trilogy had wrapped up in 2003 so three years already removed from that when that style was like the biggest thing in the world yeah what it really comes down to the broadest problem is that they wanted to be the next matrix yeah so they thought let's take this property that's really unique but then they just tried to make it matrix like mm-hmm. uh and so like that's the biggest problem is that it didn't so it this is interesting because there are things it does right but the general problem is it doesn't embrace the tone of the show no it doesn't the, yeah. it doesn't embrace any of the things really that made eon flux stand out there's some stuff like yep. they do some of the creepy like biophage stuff where like the plants are yes. are, are weird and hostile and and carnivorous and spiky um, they do some of it, but like not nearly enough. Like they don't do the brutalist architecture. They do like uh, Star do Trek TNG it, architecture. Yeah, I would say the architecture is. They do a, a version of yeah, in the in the little Pete Possilwaite ship. Like I I said earlier, it was sort of like a collision between Matrix and Dune. And honestly, that is not a not a inappropriate description of what Eon Flux the cartoon series was. Um, yeah. So if they if they would have embraced more of the Dune-ness of it, yeah, and, and, and instead of like going in like um, a Matrix direction, going more of like an HR Giger direction. <laughs> yeah. Generally speaking, they basically nerfed the weirdness. Yeah. And a good example of that is um, a very good one to one. Is there's a device in the movie that is also in the show. And that device is the weird squid that wraps around her body. So later, in, I, I don't know if we needed to explain the plot of this movie, by the way. Yeah, uh, we could. I yeah. Mean. It's, you've either seen it or you didn't. It's about, so that's actually the big thing. There's not, so unlike the show, it's not two warring cities. It's one city in like an apocalypse where it's, it's surrounded. The whole world is, is forest and there's some virus and, um, so the Monikins are now a terrorist faction within the city. Uh, and so that honestly, I felt like kind of messed it up, but yeah. You know, and it's like not the, a huge difference. The good childs are like a dynasty that cured the, the plague that brought the world to an end and they're keeping yeah. everybody in this city. Um, yeah. 
and it's a police state. And what we learn, the twist is, so I'll get into this. They fucked up both Trevor Goodchild and Eon Flux. Basically, we learn that they're all copies of copies of copies. They're all clones because they don't, it's a, it's a fucking children of men situation. No one can have kids. So they just keep cloning everyone, well, that, but everybody is getting weirder and like more fucked up I in wanted the to, head. I w- yeah, I wanted to put a uh, stop to unpack that a little bit because I do think that's an interesting idea and could have been the storyline to an Eon Flux movie. Where it's that there was a plague that ended life on Earth. The good childs, uh, Trevor specifically, came up with a cure, but the side effect of the cure is that it sterilizes everyone. So he's been cloning everybody until he can find a cure to the infertility that will also cure the plague. So that's like an interesting... I don't want to say framing device, but that's like you could have taken that narrative because that's kind of an interesting idea. Um, And it also provides a way for you to have the version of this film where Eon and Trevor, like not even Trevor, because he doesn't really die. I don't don't think in the show it's more Eon dies over and over and over again. Right. That's the thing is the whole like it's a good idea because technically Eon is dying over and over again. But so is everybody. Um, But it is. I don't think this is a bad instinct. I really don't. I, I agree. It's and it's, that they could have kept it as the two different cities, and that that could have just been what we find out about Trevor's city is that oh, this is what he's been doing here. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a fascist, but he's like he's like doing the wrong thing for the right reason, which is an mm-hmm. interesting idea. Um, and it sort of sets up that I it, it allows you a space where the audience will be more forgiving of having like Trevor and Eon, the hero sort of have this attraction for each other. If he's not like totally bad. Well, that I want to talk about that. Actually. Okay. Um, because that's kind of the problem is so what they do in this movie is they have Trevor have a brother who gets to be right. Bad they put, they put all of Trevor's bad qualities into Johnny Lee Miller, his brother. Yeah. <laughs> and that is not that's not how probably the not the best out. instinct no they should have kept yeah. all of that in the same character so that it's more complicated yes and the show is very morally complicated and not just trevor but eon eon is kind of a sociopath in the show she is in a morally gray area in the show like i said they will often betray their own causes because they're too horny mm-hmm. um like she's let in the show she's let people die because she's busy like making out with trevor um, and so it's hard to do, but like they wanted to kind of have their cake and eat it too here. And so they were like, it's okay. He's actually good. And it's like, no, he, he's bad. Trevor Goodchild should be a fascist dictator through and through. And Eon should be a fucking terrorist, but they just can't, they can't quit each other. It's kind of the idea. Uh, and so like, I, they have to make it like, okay for them and so he has to be like kind of good like he like her so her sister una dies in this uh they should have made it so that trevor absolutely killed her sister like that that that's the sort of weird moral gray area they should do right well where yeah like he kills her and and oh um oh wait that's, and we learn it's his brother right it's, it's like oh no my brother yeah, actually killed her yeah it's and stuff like, like er, that er, he erased uh eon's dna like that's what yeah. that's what his brother did. Um, yeah, right. They no, yeah, yeah, and Trevor should have done that because Trevor he should have been that. like, yeah. I can't stand to see her again in this city. Yeah, so I'm erasing her DNA. Trevor should be bad, and that's part of the the issue for the whole thing is that uh, both of them should be uh, one a lot hornier. Both of them should be a lot more naked. <laughs> uh, both of their hair is wrong. Uh, the, those are all superficial things. Um, but mainly Eons is, is they, at least the right color. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they should both be kind of morally uh, like not like in the gray. Basically, they, it shouldn't be one or the other. Uh, we shouldn't really like either of them. Uh, Eon should be more fun. She's very serious in this. She should be more sarcastic. They really. She also. They they really beat her with the blockbuster action hero stick, where that she. Yeah. It's basically you remove all nuance of a character so that they just react to things, and they always react in the most morally uh, indignant, self righteous way possible. Yes. She's boring in this. Yeah, which makes them boring. Uh, yeah. 
Um, and it would have been more, it, see, to make it more complex morally would have made them more interesting. Yeah. Also, she has a fucking signature gun. I don't know why they didn't make the guns cool. And that's, that the was what I was going back to that. in this movie. They look like water pistols. They look like super soakers. They do. And going back to what I was saying about that weird squid tech. So there's a scene in this where she has this, like, it looks like a weird fucking face hugger squid. It's like a leather squid that she puts on her chest and it wraps around her. And what it does in this movie is it, like, portals her to another dimension, right? Yeah, uh, they have, like, a sub-dimension where they can speak to each other. Right, and it's just, about? like, this white room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the library scene. Now, I want to compare that to what they do in the show. In the show, they have a similar device. It straps to your chest, it wraps around. But what it does in the show is it vibrates your body so fast that only other people vibrating on that frequency can see each other. Um, and everything else is a blur. I shouldn't say can see. You can basically like, you can see things, but they're just these weird blurry shapes. But then when you put it on, you vibrate to their frequency and it creates a second kind of uh, group of things that you can interact with. But it's not a different dimension, and it's a lot more visually interesting. Like you see what I mean, where it's like in yeah. the movie they just they just go poop and like have her go to this yeah they fucking did, they white did world. the watered down kids glove version of every aspect of Eon yeah in this movie or like like the guns for example in the show she has this really cool weird looking gun that doesn't make that much sense in this they just give her a gun or like. Little things like the bad guys, if you look at what the henchmen look like in either, they look wildly different. And in the cartoon, they got like these weird ass helmets that don't quite make any sense. Um, And so it's all these little things that add up. One of the good things they did is like at the beginning when the guy is like, have you seen my kid? And he's holding this weird amber cube uh, with a face in it. That's the kind of thing they would do in the show. But since they're not doing it that much, that just looks dumb. In this movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they have the right instinct every now and then when she has, like, the map on her skin bulging out. Uh, yeah, and when she, her, her eye changes. She, and she tears the little uh, adhesive healing patches off her own skin to, to put on yep. Trevor's bullet hole. Like, there's a couple of... And I wanted to talk about that real quick. I, the director of this movie is Karen Kusama, who I think is good. I like her. She, yeah. she made The Invitation... She's directed a lot of TV. Um, she is very good. She made yeah, Jennifer's Body. Um, she she did a couple episodes, I think, of Ye- Yellow Jackets and some other stuff. Anyway, she's a really good director. She's she's a pretty good horror director, specifically horror suspense. Um, so there's a couple of moments in this movie where I can see things where like, ah, shit, yeah, that's like, there's like one shot where Eon, it's towards right. the end of the movie where Eon's in the courtyard. She shoots a guard right through his visor in his eye. And he's sort of like, you know, snaps backwards as he's falling over and his gun continues shooting and he just sweeps his gun up behind him over his head and he's just firing into the air as he's dying. That was a cool ass shot. <laughs> right. And so there's like, but, there, and, there, and, there are things but, like yeah. that and like, you know, the little instincts of what they did keep in there, which makes me wonder if there was like an, uh, a more edgy version of this movie. Like this, this feels it feels sanitized on the page, but it also feels like there was a further step of, of, of sanitizing. Did it feel that way to you? Yes. Um, there are definitely... Oh, uh, and another uh, thing, uh, where, where um, the fight scene between Eon and Freya, and they're locked up, and Eon, there's this, like, they draw it out where Eon, like, very, you know, gets her tongue out of her mouth, wraps it around Freya's earring, locks her teeth on it, and rips her earring out of her ear. Like, it's like, right. it's like suspensefully staged, and then it's like this grotesque motion, like really brutal motion. I'm like, that's a cool-ass idea, and that kind of feels like Eon Flex to me. Right. This uh, feels <laughs> like it was adapted to death in a way that yeah. whoever made it didn't make it uh, passionately by the end. But, like, it does, and I wanted to talk about this in the next section, there are things where it's like, I right, think right. it started yeah. from a place of love mm-hmm. and a place of wanting to adapt this correctly. Because there are certain shots, too, that just feel like they would belong in Eon Flux. The entire intro sequence actually feels like an Eon Flux intro um, with the narration. Uh, there are, she does there the are fly good instincts too. in here. But it that's, again, going back to when it was made, one of the biggest problems of where did this movie get, what did this movie get wrong is simply that it was made when it was made. Yeah. When studios were like, we're going to do it this way. 
We're going to make um, the matrix. Gonna, yeah. Uh, we're, uh, this stuff from the game or the, from the show too weird. It's too weird. We need to nerf it. Like that's the feeling is like, they're trying to work it in a little bit. Uh, but like, but it's just not enough. Little things like her pulling a device out of her boot. That's very Eon flux. The uh, character with hands on her feet. That's directly from the, the cartoon. There are parts in this that are directly from the cartoon. Yeah. Um, but there's just something holding it back. And like, for example, um, mentioned in the cartoon, there's a border to be crossed. They do a version of this, uh, which is, of course, the courtyard when they cross. Uh, and there's all these the plants shooting at them and stuff. Yeah, that looks nothing like it does in the cartoon. That scene, and but that, it is technically that scene. That scene is conceptually cool too. It's like the yep. the plants come alive, like uh, 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 right, which in the, isn't in the show. That's not in the show, but it's a cool idea. It's a cool idea, and it's it has that right like vibe of being weird and grotesque like yep. the like the trees have these little fruits that shoot needles like machine guns the grass yeah. becomes uh, you know thousands of little Sharp. razor blades yeah it's it's yeah. a cool idea and it looks so dumb the way that it's executed yes. and that's part of it is like you're right about this director but some of it like that scene i'm just like it's just not it's well just not done. it's just not well done and a lot of yeah. it, a lot of it's part of it and i'm not gonna say a lot of it Part of it is the effects. Part of it is the design. Like the fruit pods yep. that shoot the needles never look anything other than rubber f- fruit pods created by a special effects team. Like they just look, yeah. it looks bad. And a lot of that might be how you shoot it. And That's then it's true, also yeah. like really bright and it's not shot in a very interesting way. And that's why I was curious because there's other shots where like when she's jumping over those like, um, there's like gaps in the concrete and it's these series of holes that were panning past and you could just see her jumping through the holes stuff like that where i'm like well that feels like an eon flux shot uh and so it it to me it feels like uh because the director is good it feels like a situation where they like didn't get to really direct or they got beaten down by the process you know what i mean yeah uh and so like it just ends up being like this very generic film that has these ideas that are almost good. Like if you watched this without knowing the show, you'd be like, why do they keep doing these like almost interesting things? And then kind of not. That's what I was the, saying. Uh, it, it feels like it feels sanitized on the page, but it also feels like what we're seeing was further sanitized. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of sanitized on the page, another big thing is that weirdly enough, this does not, the climax of this movie is not like an Eon Flux climax. Eon Flux had action in it, but weirdly enough, it doesn't have that much action. Uh, it's actually more dramatic. And so, for example, that scene where they're crossing the border that we see in this courtyard, that's in the cartoon, but it's not really, it's an emotional scene. It's in the scene with, where she clones herself, and her clone or her, I forget which one, the one that dies, so I guess the original Eon, yeah. uh, I believe, uses that to kill herself. Um, or like it becomes a dramatic beat where it's like if you cross this area. Or she also uses it to, to betray people. Like when they cross together, she does a thing like she leaves the other one hanging. And so like most of the action in Eon Flux is generally dramatic. And in fact, a lot of the episodes just end in really weird, surreal ways or like with like monologues or conversations. And so that's the other instinct in this that's really wrong is just like the Matrix, they're like, it has to end in a big action sequence. And it's like, no, this needs to get progressively weirder. It needs to be more like the ending of like Doctor Strange, where he's just getting killed over and over again. You know what I mean? It has to be like, not a big pew, pew, pew action. It's got to be like, like everything everywhere all at once shit. Just like, completely like uh, just goes off the rails dimensions different eons Mm -hmm. uh and like not like just a big explosion and something fucking crashes you know uh and so there's a big element missing where just the plot itself like you said the beginning premise very good but then where the plot plot heads it should it can't just be like pew 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 and then we win there was potential two for the ending um do we have a section where we talk about what the movie did right 
Yeah, let's get to it. Okay. Let's get to how does this film hold up? Okay. Which I would say is how it, we could just say, what does it get right in this section? Okay. So here's something I want to point out that it's, it kind of, it gets like 65% right. Yeah. So I think the ending of the climax of the film is almost there because what happens is Eon destroys the cloning facility so that they can't clone the people, they can't clone people anymore. Um, But Trevor's notes where he had found the cure to infertility, but his brother, Johnny Lee Miller, destroyed them. Um, So Eon, because she's who she is, she's this anarchist uh, uh, terrorist, basically. It's like, no, we have to destroy the clones because we need to be free. We need to be out of these walls. But there's also like there's the conflicting viewpoint of Trevor where he's like, well, I, I need to I need time to like figure out the cure again. And if we can't clone people, we might go extinct before I'm able to figure it out again. Um, but they add this, which would which would have been a good way to end the movie, I think, if they had just had that be the conflict and then Eon crashes the ship. um it's sort of like, well, you you've kind of sort of it's you've kind of sort of fucked us all with your anarchist viewpoint, possibly, but right. potentially you've liberated us in some sense because, as we pointed out, every time the people get cloned, they degrade a little uh, uh, mentally. Um, but also, she sort of put this ticking clock onto Trevor that he didn't have before. Like he had all the time in the world before to figure out right. this cure, and now he's got to do it before he gets uh, before he dies or gets assassinated, and he's uh, you know a huge target for assassination. But they add this subplot, well, not subplot, but they add this uh, wrinkle where, again, his brother, they just foist everything, like his brother is a character of convenience created by yes. the screenwriters. So they just foist every every distasteful thing they need Eon or Trevor to do. They just push it onto Johnny Lee Miller. So Johnny Lee Miller comes up and he's like, oh, well, uh, people were starting to naturally give birth again, but I killed them all. So it looks like yep. nature's going to... So they, they add this... this um, caveat that like oh people are starting to naturally become fertile again so it sort of it removes the the urgency from the climax yes. if that makes sense oh for sure it, uh, well the emotional urgency and the drama because the other thing they do is at the end her and trevor like hold hands and they're like we love each other but they could have and why i don't know why they didn't i well i know why they didn't because the studio stepped in but i guarantee it should have ended with her saying, I'm going to blow that up. So it should have ended with them not having the Johnny Lee Miller thing. Mm-hmm. They should have said, like, no, nobody is naturally giving birth. Dave. Trevor has. If, if I could interrupt you for one, if for one second. Yeah, you're Dave. Yeah. This, if they had deleted Johnny Lee Miller, this was almost a really great prequel to the Eon Flux series. Yes. Because, she, because what happens is she crashes the cloning ship into the wall which opens it up to the outside world. So it could have ended with Trevor being like, you fucked us all with this. How could you do that? And she's like, well, we had to be free. So she moves out. They start their own city on the outside of Trevor city. And then Trevor rebuilds the wall. We're right back where we started in the series. And now we kind of know what's up. Like Trevor's in there trying to figure this shit out, but he's also an evil bastard. Yeah. Yeah, And why these two like kind of occasionally fuck. That's what I was getting at is it should have ended with her and Trevor fighting each other. Right. Like they should have gotten together, but then they should have had an ideological difference where mm-hmm. she's like, I'm blowing this up and him going, it's our only hope. And her being like, fuck your only hope. And they should have, they, it should have ended with them actually fighting. And then she crashes it and the guards, and this is straight from a episode guard should have been like, I have a clean shot. And he could be like, no, don't take it. Let her run. Yeah. And, and like the idea of her and the monikins, like you said, create a different faction in the woods that would have been perfect yeah um and that's really johnny lee miller bless his heart nothing against nothing the actor against him i like him. uh you know obviously yeah he's, but his he's character a, a, what the fuck is his hacker name he's he's Acid, zero cool zero right? it, zero cool yeah. yeah i don't know no that's not uh, that's not right he was something else wasn't he i don't know uh he's some uh, he's some sort of hacker fuck something override. i don't know but the the yeah crash override crash override yeah, but they basically bring him in to nerf the two the the drama between the characters. Yeah. <laughs> they they say it's okay. He's the actual bad guy, uh, and and that really hurts the movie through and through. Yeah. Um, it should have it really should have been a case where at the end we we have a moment where we're like, oh, I guess Trevor's good, and then we learn, oh no, he's not good after all. But like, 
Um, this is this is the section where we're supposed to be talking about what the movie did right. So just to, yeah. to reiterate, the climax is almost a good almost a good, good climax. All right, here's something that I'm going to say they did a hundred percent right, a hundred percent right. I wouldn't change a thing, and that is the casting of this film. Yeah, uh, I personally think the Trevor and Ian Flux perfect, perfect choices. It had they made this movie correctly. Like, if they ever try to remake this again, I would say keep the same fucking actors. Uh, Charlie Theron even sounds like the the, uh, character. Uh, She looks similar. Great casting. Uh, I said, like, a little of the pacing and narration, uh, a little of the cinematography feels like Eon Flux. Like, it feels like they definitely paid attention, or someone did, someone, and it got fucked up. Someone, because there are flashes of, like, yeah. the, the weird, like, all the stuff in with Pete Postlewaite, for example. Um, yeah. There are flashes of, like, so, okay, somebody clearly understood the source material and had an affection for it. So right. th- there are glimpses of, like, what a movie of Eon Flux could be in this movie. Yeah. And, and really little parts, like we're talking about the non sequiturs, like they show a guy looking at a woman at the beginning, he starts crying, and then they cut away, and you're just sort of like, wait, what was that? Like that feels like the pacing. Another thing they do that Ian Flux, the cartoon, did a lot is infiltration. They have a lot of infiltration in this. Eon uh, breaking into these weird, like brutalist-esque buildings and using weird fucking dildos, like these gadgets to... Uh, to infiltrate and she flips around and stuff. They do that. It doesn't look great, but they, they do those beats. Um, and like the way her house looks and stuff is very similar. But as we said, it's not, it's, it's a little different, but it's like, I'm willing to accept a slight visual difference. If you, if they understand the idea. Yeah. Um, and so there's just little things like that, that it's very clear. I mentioned her skin map, her weird eye, her shoe socket. Like, it's very clear that they, they understood some of the ideas. They just couldn't bring them to the, the full realization. They didn't get weird enough. The cloning, as we mentioned. Yeah. The dying getting reborn. These are all good ideas. And, yeah, the overarching idea, like the, the explanation of what Trevor is doing. Yeah. Um, they just, it's defanged. Like, that's what it really is, is Mm. that you could take this exact same plot um, and kind of do a few script passes and really make it work. And then the same with the visuals, where it's like, if you just pushed it a little more and said, like, let's make this a little fucking weirder, uh, like, even, like, that alone, I would still say make the plot weirder, in my opinion. I would, But even if you just, yeah, even if you just did minor changes... And just made it look a little more weird. That might have been enough. Yeah. But they just... Mm, it, it's just so nerfed. Even like I said, doing, uh, the, doing the Pulp Fiction approach, which at the time this movie came out was already 10 years yeah. old. Yeah. 12 years old. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been fine. There's a lot of things that we that they could have done. Um, but they didn't. And that's a shame. And nowadays, if you ask me... Should they make a new EN Flux? What should be done with this property? My answer, well, my answer then as well would have been the same, which is uh, make more of the show, please. Uh, it only got one season, and that's why I've seen it so much, because I have to watch it on a fucking loop, because there's not enough EON Flux. There just isn't. I'd, uh, I'd be, I know they made a video game. I never played that. Oh, though. wow. Yeah, no, I'd be down to watch another crack at, at this movie made by somebody like Guillermo del Toro or something, you know, yeah. like it needs to be, or like Brandon Cronenberg. Yeah. Um, fuck it. Like it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, and, and not because, to, not, well, that's not, to the thing. not to take away from Karen Kusama. It's I'm, I'm sure her hands were pretty tied by the, you know, the studio machine behind this movie. It just, they, they, they need to, I, I would be, I would be open to seeing another movie with the kid gloves taken off, with you know the the handcuffs taken off, where it's like just let it yeah. be weird as hell, you know? Yeah. It, yeah, exactly, and that's why Cronenberg comes to mind because the the show actually has Cronenberg esque plots. Uh, yeah, I and, just and, like body horror aside, it's just the fucked upness of the plots. Like someone who can do it's it's like it's I, like dark Star Trek episodes, you know? Sure. 
Dark Trek. I just wanted to I just wanted to make yeah. it clear that I'm not saying I don't think the choice of filmmaker was the problem here. It was no, it was I, the, it was the I, instinct to restrain the property. Yeah, I haven't looked into what went wrong with this movie. Neither have I. But yeah, I I guarantee that there was some studio battle, right? There must have uh, been. Like I said, it feels it feels sanitized twice over. It really does. Yeah, it really does. And I don't know if it's like uh, again, great casting, but I don't know if like Charlize Theron because she was pretty famous at this point. I, I think she won like. the Oscar already. Yeah, so I wonder like, okay, was you know did did her people get involved too? Uh, what you know what was there just layers of sanitation? Who knows? Yeah, I really don't know. Um, maybe they should have involved fucking Peter Chung in there a little bit. Perhaps he could write a script. Uh, for you, uh, but you know that who 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 the fuck knows? You're talking um, crazy talk now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's all. I I think we've talked enough about, about this about film. This. Yeah, yeah. We didn't really talk about the plot, but this was one where it's like I felt very passionately about the original. Uh, after this, I'm probably gonna watch it today, maybe tonight, because I'm now like, oh yeah, I want some Eon Flux. Yeah, no, I gotta dip my I toe. A, gotta dip my toe back in the. Back in the Ridge. Oh yeah. Back in the Ridge. Yeah, it's it's man. If people haven't watched the show, and if you're into weird fucked up shit, watch the show. It's it's a lot of fun. I think uh, it's a it's very horny, very horny. It's excruciatingly horny. Yeah, it's horny in a way where I'm like it's, flinching, like God it, damn, it's this a, is horny. It's alarmingly horny. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's weird as hell. It really is extremely unique. Yes. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, shit. That's an episode of Bad Adaptation. It sure is, uh, Dave. My, my, yeah, my goodness, Grumblebee, thank you so much for being a producer. Thank you. Thank you for making this show happen. Folks, this this was through our Patreon, patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed, along with uh, doing you know custom podcast tiers. There's also tiers like for $5 a month, you get access to exclusive page, uh, Patreon, exclusive uh, podcasts. That's what they're called. Uh, Tom and Jeff watch Batman, Fox Muller is a maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, all, all, all for $5 a month. If you want to pay a little bit more, we watch movies every Friday night with our patrons. We will not be watching this movie because it is kind of boring. I think we already did watch this movie. Jesus. Wow. Like Why two, would like we? Like two or three years ago, yeah. I think, I think we <laughs> paired it with Ultraviolet. I'd watch the show. Yeah. Oh, pairing with Ultraviolet. That's a, mm, mm, it's a tasty pairing that's right a brutal there. Evening. Uh, we also have a yeah. store. Uh, if you head over to GamefullyUnemployed.com, you can find a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on T-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your fly-catching peepers onto that. Yes. Uh, they did the fly-catch. They did. They did the fly-catch. They catch. did the fly-catch. It wasn't as cool, but I appreciate it that they did cool. it. It wasn't as cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, all right. Bye. Bye.